The G20 just officially announced they are launching a plan for a global framework for digital currencies and digital IDs. Watch. Laying the building blocks for a globally coordinated and comprehensive policy and regulatory framework for crypto assets. The global push for clearer policies on crypto assets has gained momentum under the Indian presidency and a global consensus is emerging on the same. The presidency will support the IMF and the FSB in, and FSB is also setting the contours of the regulatory framework for a globally coordinated approach to crypto assets. So the presidency with the support of IMF and the FSB is setting these contours. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, the co-host, teacher and socialist, Andy Lipson, and writer and teacher Jessica. We are online at whatsleftpodcast.com. That is whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find our, uh, our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca on Instagram and just his Twitter handle as uh, at jhomie89. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode where we found this episode. Thank you, since we're always algorithmed away. I just want to remind people that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Um, this week was a challenging week for the three of us because we're trying to figure out how to have an episode topic, plain phone tag, and we've come to the conclusion that to follow current news and to discuss. Russell Brand. So that's what we're doing for today's topic. It's, uh, I think the thing is, we've discussed uh, Dr. Blasey Ford. Am I correct? Black, black, am I? Yeah. Uh, we've discussed uh, elements of Me Too, but, but I don't think we've discussed fully. Uh, well, yeah, we've discussed, I think, two episodes on 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 sexual assault and and allegations, and I right, Andy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Brett Kavanaugh and John Yacobo. Right. That that. Um, That's right. Kenny was a familiar with a politician in um, San Francisco. Right, mm -hmm. and myself included. I, I was. And I got uh, to meet him briefly, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. On the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what i forgot that connection uh anyhow um back to i mean i don't i want to yeah i i'm just the reason why i'm laughing is just because jess i forget you were in san francisco and yes you met uh you know one of the uh beloved darlings of of uh san francisco uh, yeah. a politician Anyhow, let's let's discuss. But I've never, I don't think I've ever discussed like Me Too or allegations and stuff with you guys. Yeah, and there might be a part of a discussion about that here. Who knows what we what we go with this? I think the three of us have maybe some similarities, but we also have different angles, and we're gonna have to share whatever comes up for us straight um, about Russell Brand. Yeah. So I uh, I'm pulling up just some. Uh, mainstream leftist news just so that people can get informed because if anyone is not aware at this point uh, 
there are sexual allegations against Russell Brand. Russell Brand has been uh, a left darling of the liberal left for a long time. And then suddenly uh, he had his independent news and he's been always uh, um, an interesting character in comedy and mainstream news. And then suddenly went off on his own podcast and uh, and uh, has been a, a, a voice of what I think public would easily assimilate as far as politics because he is in touch with people and the way he speaks, he's not very posh. At least I don't think so, Jesse would tell me. But in the UK, he's very well loved. He reminds me of like the J- the Austin Powers sort of like person that yeah, people uh, love him. I don't know why, but people love him. Yeah, in the in the freedom movement, especially late like the last couple of years. I mean, I know, I know why. I mean, I think you know, he's he is sort of shifted more and more in the in the conspiracy realm. Um, he started out as kind of a an, an anarchist, uh, a person who would talk about revolution, but kind of abstractly. And I think he started his his website or whatever his YouTube channel, and and he has been shifting ever more towards a critique of liberalism, a critique of the liberal establishment. He has come out more openly questioning the COVID narrative, um, and has been more open to the p- people who would be called conspiracy theorists um, and has even himself said often on his channel, uh, you guys are, I, I didn't believe you guys were right about this. And um, so I think he's developed a kind of a, there's a fondness for him because he's been somewhat outspoken as a person who um, against the, the establishment forces, particularly recently on the Bill, Bill Maher show when he, took down an NBC person who was claiming that Fox news was biased, but they weren't. And Russell Brand kind of like shut him down. So I think, mm. I think he's, he's popular with people. Um, and I watch the show. On, on a celebrity. I mean, that's partly why he's was able to gain. Yes. Yeah. A new kind of popularity in, in a way that like. Right. Many people were, you know, questioning the COVID, you know, but, but one of the, but, he 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 gives because he was in the in some ways the establishment the Hollywood establishment. I think he has lended the people who were are being called called not credible some level of credibility, um, and I think that's that's what I think has enamored many people of him, um, and well as well as you know, I mean he's he's talked about fourth industrial revolution and a lot of the things that we've that we've actually brought up here. Although I don't know if he goes as, as deep, but he's going, he's, that's the direction he's moving. Yeah. So let, let's lay out the foundation first of what these are, what's happening this week, right? So yeah. I, I will, I will just read from, it's very brief, uh, very good summary of what's happened this week. Uh, so comedian Russell Brand has been accused of rape. This is from Vox, by the way. So comedian Russell Brand has been accused of rape and sexual assault by four women who who detailed incidents that took place over seven years, according to an investigation by the UK Sunday Times, The Times, and Channel 4's dispatches. Brand denied all allegations in a social media video he posted on Saturday, uh, during which he claimed that these encounters were consensual. Brand is the latest high-profile figure to face such allegations, as more and more people have spoken out about sexual abuse following the rise of the Me Too movement, which shined a light of sexual misconduct by powerful individuals, including film producer Harvey Weinstein. 
Uh, following the release of the investigation, additional people have come forward with undisclosed allegations um, this week uh, about Brandt. Uh, claims the Times has said they were working to verify. And the original report, the three publications documented one allegation of rape and three allegations of sexual assault against Brandt. These incidents uh, allegedly took place between 2006 and 2013 and occurred while he was working for the BBC on Channel 4 and in different films as an actor. Uh, and so uh, the BBC and the Channel 4 has since uh, said that they will be conducting internal investigations. And, uh, and this is the part where I think it's interesting. Historically, Brand has been known for embracing hedonistic dirtbag persona as both a comedian and an actor. He's perhaps most associated with starring films like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, formerly being married to pop star Katy Perry and performing candid stand-up comedy in which he spoke about his drug addiction and sexual promiscuity. He's known, obviously, as a drug addict recovery. Last paragraph, the allegations and ad additional context provided in the investigation underscore what appears to be a pattern of sexual misconduct by Brand, as well as reoccurring abuses of power in his role as uh, a media personality and comedian. The report also comes at a moment in which the enduring effects of the slash uh, hashtag MeToo movement are evident, as in as is the backlash it faces. Yeah, the as soon as I I heard it, I thought, um, oh, I've been wondering when it was going to come around or wondering why it hasn't come around. Uh, well, mostly because I have seen, I have seen previously, not this week, but long time ago, I have seen uh, Russell Brand's uh, behavior in the public. And I've always wondered why it was sort of accepted and then wondered as well uh everyone's talking about hashtag me too and he how he slipped through that filter or that that net that they were doing for all the celebrities because for me it's quite evident that he's very charismatic and and everything he he has a lot of self-confidence and a lot of arrogance but he just is um uh, very touchy-feely in public and has said comments and I just always wondered I, I didn't I don't know how he got through those how he was let loose so easily during that uh hashtag me too movement era right but I also wondered in the media like for me how this I, I was thinking all right I want to see how immediately there's going to be a domino effect of the things that are going to come crashing down around him I'm sure uh, they're gonna let. They're not gonna. Uh, they're gonna deplatform him somewhere. But I wondered why now are these people doing that when they've always known his behavior, they've always known how he is, and they've always embraced. I think he was considered the most influential, one of the influential people, like in magazines and in BBC, and had even a column and everything. He had like special places. So. I just wonder the hypocrisy of everyone who is just, that was my thought this week, right? So um, I had other thoughts too. And, uh, you know, I, I've said in this uh, podcast on what's left, I've talked about my sexual, uh, my, uh, my sexual history, my, my sex work history. And I've talked about how I've been treated. I've also had other experiences I have not disclosed and I have not shared. And I don't know if I want to disclose them or talk about them at this time because it just feels to me uh, overwhelming. And I don't know if, yeah, I'm not necessarily uh, encouraged to do so at this time. But I, I always sympathize with people who do have experiences that are uh, 
traumatic, uh, tragic. And I do have a, a, a knee jerk, I think is the word, knee jerk reaction to want to uh, group myself or protect, especially women, because I have seen things in my, my life towards uh, the women in my life and my colleagues and, 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 and peers. And so for me, it's always not that men don't experience it. Obviously, I'm, talk, as, I'm talking as a man and I have experienced uh, 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 abuse and other forms of, of, of um, a cost uh, or, yeah. And so it, I want to do that, but I'm always also aware of how public or Silicon Valley trials, as I'll say them, are not always in the interest of the people. So that's what I... I always, having done what's left, we as people who are like digesting the the news and stuff, I, I know that we we look at things, and especially since our last conversation, we look at things with s- skepticism. To like the the episode that we did last week, where we know not everything is going to be as it seems. So, uh, so those are the two things I was carrying this week. Those are my initial reactions. I guess my reaction, I mean, I'm not super familiar with Russell Brand. I've always been, I I don't know, like I've heard clips and stuff, but I've never like sat down and like listened to his show on Rumble or whatever. Um, I think because he's a celebrity, like even though he may be, at least on the surface level, on a lot of issues, especially in this like COVID era kind of like Andy had said, like somewhat aligned and kind of like enabling it to be more okay to have those sorts of dissenting opinions because he's a celebrity, because I know sort of vaguely his like persona and whatever. I've always been like, he's just like not somebody I would tune into. Like there's so many amazing, like actual anarchists and people with much more nuanced commentary Uh, and far less followers, and I think just more credibility. Like, I'm never, I don't say never, but I'm rarely going to, like, be like, ah, I I know who I'm going to turn on today, like the celebrity, you know, unless it's just, you know, for junk entertainment or something. Um, But that said, like, yeah, whenever it was, beginning of this week, I think, four or five days ago, when I saw this story come out, I, I, I did read, like, past just the headlines like I did read kind of some of the details well all the details I think that were that came out of like what the allegations were and who you know who who was um like what media outlets were putting them out and when how long you know they started these four women like this particular um what do you call it in journalism (laughs) investigation or whatever um has been in the works since 2019 so um Obviously, like a lot of people in our neck of the woods on the internet, like it's, I don't trust the media, (laughs) obviously. Um, I don't really trust the courts either, Um, but it hasn't, you know, we haven't even had a a trial or anything like that. Um, But I, I just found myself really quite annoyed at the reaction from almost everybody. I feel like people in the sort of neoliberal you know um mainstream left were just 
automatically like assuming that these allegations were true. I guess a kind of me too, like believe women, believe all women, like no matter what. Um, and now it's like, he's in, in the, in the court of public opinion, right? Like he is a rapist now he's a rapist. And, um, along with that has come like now, you know, it's come out that, well, YouTube demonetized him. And now I think it's like the British government is pre- trying to pressure TikTok and, um, rumble rumbles where I think he has his like deal or whatever for his show. Um, Anyway, you know, trying to pressure them to demonetize him. So all of that type of shit, obviously, I disagree with in terms of censorship. Like, you know, none of the none of the even, you know, alleged crimes like happened on YouTube or like relate to that cause. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. So obviously, that's, you know, the, the d- disinformation police. <laughs> um, the timing is. I don't know. The time he's like, I guess, sort of like, yeah, it wasn't until he started being a threat to the mainstream opinion that this has come out. Maybe like they could have concocted something back in 2016, but you know, he was sort of not, not a threat at that time. I guess it seems to me like the timing would have been better if like the goal was to just, um, sideline him completely it would have been better to do that in 2020 or 2021 so i don't know um but obviously the censorship stuff and the just assuming that allegations are true when we don't know that they are pisses me off but to be honest like the the sort of like right wing and like covid critical freedom whatever you want to call it movement pisses me off just as much because i feel like they're as you put it like knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, he's being me too. It's all a bunch of bullshit. You know, it's just totally made up. And it's like, you don't know that. And when you read the the allegation, again, I'm skeptical. It's it's being covered by the Sunday Times, which is not not a media outlet that I trust. And I, I don't like the way that they, with the videos, like they totally over-dramatize and they put music behind it and all of this kind of stuff, you know, to purposely like play on people's emotions and get you to think that this guy is just, you know, satan basically um but you know there's 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 text messages there's verified medical records uh, you know there's um the the woman who actually accused him of rape which was only one out of the, one out of the four the other three were sexual assault um and i'm already hearing people saying like oh like four four rapes and stuff like this but anyway the you know she went she went to a, a rape crisis center that day uh, of which there's met records. She gave her underwear to them for, you know, scientific probing and records. Um, she then received therapy for, I think it was like five months or something of which there's supposedly documentation again, like journalists are covering this. So it's not like even in the courts yet, but to me, it's like, I, I don't think we should just dismiss the the women as just automatically um, you know, untrustworthy and, and liars and stuff. So I, it just, just feels like everybody kind of jumped to like, oh my God, like, of course. And, and they just sort of want their team to, to win, um, rather than just taking a breath and looking at it with a, a sort of level head and critical eye. Um, yeah. And, and then the last thing I'll say, sorry, I'm rambling on, um, 
is just like, I, I do think there's also, and I'm curious what Andy, cause I know you probably out of the three of us were like, probably I'm guessing like, not really like, I can't imagine you'd be like, Oh yes. Let me click on this like latest Russell brand drama or whatever. Um, but I do think there's a, there's a fine line. And I have heard people say, Oh, it's just like another celebrity sex scandal. Like who gives a shit? And I, I, to me, it does like whether or not there's validity to the allegations themselves. Like it just, it does connect to this larger, um, I don't know, set of like cultural and political issues of just like, we live in a rape culture. Um, I don't, yeah, I guess we can go into, to me too, like a little bit later if we, if we want to. Um, I don't think I actually have ever listened to the episodes that you guys did on that, but um, I just, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't feel like we're, we're, we're moving forward like at all to me uh, in terms of the sort of larger way that these sorts of things are like me too is supposed to be this big, you know, step forward or whatever. And I, I just feel like it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, it felt very top. Even at the t- at the time, I actually it, it felt top down. It felt very like third wave postmodern type of feminism. Um, didn't really feel like it was actually threatening the powers that be or like the institution of of male violence on a global scale. I mean, of course, there were authentic elements to it, and there were good people. I think who were out, you know, protesting in pussy hats and stuff like that, but you know, to me, looking back, it's like, okay, it's like, believe all women, even when they're lying, uh, right, which we've seen, I I know you guys have talked about uh, several examples. Um, I mean, Assange Assange is a huge, like, that's always the first person that comes to mind when it comes to this, the sort of like me tooing, false me tooing of men, right? Like they tried to sort of paint him as a race, as a rapist probably a racist too <laughs> um you know some you know that he's never been like convicted of any 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 crime um but you know it, they tried to do that to him uh i'm also remembering uh who's the guy that was the red-headed gay guy who was running for i think congress alex um you guys know who i'm talking about uh morse i think alex morse um you know that was total bullshit like they concocted a whole smear campaign which is completely unfounded uh matt gates is another so there's been lots of examples of this but then it's also it's like believe all women until like tarid comes along right and then um oh not that one right like she and I, i hear a lot of people giving uh the women kind of a hard time with this Brussels brand thing for staying anonymous I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because like, look what happened to Tara Reid. Like you see that and you have to really think twice before you're going to put your name out there and and be forever the person that accused Russell Brand of rape. Right. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the whole anonymity thing. Um, But yeah, I'm just going to stop because I've been talking too long. Mm -mm. So I think I'll start with where where you kind of with in terms of what what my response to this might have been. I first heard about it from another website. I can't remember what it was, and then I, they showed a clip of Russell Brand denying it um, and denying the allegations, um, not denying a past, but denying the, the specific allegations. Um, and I didn't actually know what they were 
And I then I later saw another clip from the report that you had mentioned that was like had the music in it and had some of the outlet like you could, I think those were photos like of the you know of an eye of one of the women or something. I I don't know if that was actors there or if those were the women themselves because like you said they've remained anonymous. Um, but I I did not enjoy like any part of it. Like I I was just like this. It, it was a little bit demoralizing. Um, not as like oh my god Robert Russell Brand, but it was like oh this is this is the sort of knot they're going to tie us into um, because definitely sexism exists, rape is an issue, sexual assault is an issue, sexual abuse is an issue. Like it's it's, it's not an, it, it, it these are problems in society, and and in the same way that I believe transgender people are being oppressed. I believe that the transgender issue is also being used as a weapon to attack the working class. So this this is how I look at these sorts of things. And, this, and, this, and, and racism is an actual issue and something that's a deadly divide in the working class. And it's being weaponized to attack the working class, like issues of racism and, and, and around identity politics. And so I just felt like twisted into the, those sorts of knots again. Um, my my overall statement is I don't I don't know what happened other than to say that there's enough in Russell Brand's past that he's admitted to about drug use and just having sex with a bunch of people that I can totally imagine that he would make like do something that would be somebody did not want to happen even if everyone here says it was consensual like in terms of the relationship totally possible that you know. People overstepped their bounds and people got hurt. And then people went, you know, like, like the person described, went to a, a rape crisis center. Um, and I think that's entirely possible. Um, so the the thing that I wonder about is I don't, like I think about Renette Senum when she, when, when, we, when we did that thing about Lahaina and she said, I don't believe the official story I believe what the victims say. And one of the hallmarks of the Me Too movement that I have always agreed with is that I felt it was a meaningful thing for the people who had actually experienced it to come out and say, this has happened to me and, and, and to speak about it. I don't know if they always spoke about it in terms of go get that person or whatever, but they were certainly speaking about it in terms of saying, you know, I'm going to come out of the shadows. I'm no longer be ashamed of saying this. I, I have been attacked. I've been abused. I've been hurt. I've been raped or assaulted. And I've been, I've been the one hiding it. And now I'm not going to do that anymore. And it, it, that was the element of solidarity that I thought for the people who had experienced that, um, that was that element of solidarity. And so the fact that the person who had actually had that happen to them say something, that's what I thought was the center point of me too. And in this, in this in, in, instance, this is, the speaker here is the Sunday Times, like they're reporting on the in, on behalf of these women, and I I don't know what to say about the women in terms of their veracity. I don't believe the Sunday Times at all. Not not that everything they will say is a lie. I just believe, like I do with all mainstream media, that they are going to use elements of truth and weaponize it and use it for the interests of the elites and for for the powerful. So that. That is what I believe is happening here. I can't speak to the actual events that took place. What I believe 
is that the establishment and the Sunday Times is part of that establishment is, I believe, is acting as it does to um, to, to protect its power. Personally, I think this actually is connected to the U.S. elections, because I think one of the things that Russell Bann has been most criticized for has been some of his things that he said about Trump in comparison to Biden. And I think that that's a very that's not a that's not a good thing for the establishment to go into the elections with having a credible leftist who is actually going to give Trump the benefit of the doubt compared to Biden. Um, so I could totally see that if you line yourself up for the elections and the way that I think the establishment is, this would definitely put a bigger target. That That's for me, if I was going to say what the political, why now it's in the, it's the run up to the, to the 2024 elections. Um, and, and it's not really about Britain per se. It's more about the United States, in my opinion. Um, and, um, and so I don't see this as specifically a me too thing because I think it's the Sunday times and I think it's the mainstream media who is, they're the, they're the speakers here. They're the voice for, of the, of the oppressed or of the, of people who've been aggrieved. And I don't, I just don't believe that they have any interest in protecting women or defending women's rights or eliminating sexism because these are the same people who talked about women's rights and destroying Afghanistan in, in the same breath. Um, so, so that's that, that part, the part that made this for me, one where I went to, like, I don't want to talk about this to, I do want to talk about this was the immediate demonetization that started to take place. The, 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 um, what happened with YouTube, what's happening with rumble. And there's another channel. I don't know if it's prime or something. That's saying they, they got to take him off of a channel. Um, His agent has been has dropped him. Okay, well, but I think so. What is interesting to me about that, and what's meaningful to me about that, is this same week. I think the G20 talked about the, the starting the digital ID and really the idea that there would be a global, and it was agreed to by the BRICS. It was agreed to by across the globe that there was that a digital what's it called the money money system um digital currency yeah the digital currency and so what i see these things as are really what's most meaningful about this event is really that because i feel like what we're seeing is the, is the fa- is the foundation or continuing to lay the groundwork for the idea that your behavior is the basis for us turning your electronic spigot on and off and, and getting us used to that idea. And you can make distinctions about, oh, well, that's a private company, but you know, YouTube is a private company, but I know that the state is behind them. But really what I think this is about is, yes, going after Russell Brand, but honestly, I think the target is us. The target is to condition us to the idea that your behavior is, it can be used Present behavior, past behavior, any behavior can be used as a determiner of whether you get access to funds or not. And that is what, I, to me, that was what I, I, I saw as so meaningful in this event. Because I think, yeah, there's people who are against the demonization, but we've all gotten used to it now. We're all basically saying, well, you know, something's going to happen. Should they have the right to do that? Should they not have the right to do that? But it is now just part of the conversation. Um, They've already broken a lot of ground on on getting us to accept that institutions 
have the right to turn people's money on and off in relationship to their behavior. And I think that's very meaningful in relationship to the what looks to be the, the, the moving forward with the digital currency. And that to me is the story. That's the most important part of the story for me is the demonetization as a, a sort of force, as a sort of conditioning of us to the idea that institutions, whether they be private ones or public ones, can use our can use money to control us. And that's the whole point of digital currency. And so that's what I think is happening here. And 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 use our behavior to then say, you did well, you get paid, you did not. You did not do well. You get you get punished um, financially, and I just I just think we're getting ready for digital currency. That's what this feels like. Mm. Yeah, the like I don't know if you guys saw the letter from I don't know some sort of state agency from the from the UK government. Like I don't know. Even after all we've talked about, I'm still kind of shocked that like like they literally just send a letter like saying hey take this guy down for being unpopular now i i like I, yeah there's yeah i i don't disagree with what you're saying i mean i do think the the sort of like sexual assaults me too aspects of it are important but i yeah i don't disagree with anything you said andy I, I do it's it, the point stands like Andy's point stands either way but I I, I the part of me like my real tinfoil hat part of my brain um does kind of wonder if it's kind of like all uh to some extent uh I don't know I don't know like he brand inter you know he's like buddy buddy with people like um Yuval Harari you know who's like <laughs> held up as one of like the like masterminds of this whole fucking shit show that they're trying to roll roll out and um i don't know i'm always just so skeptical of anybody with like that much reach like the guy's been in very high level places hollywood and and all of this for years um and maybe he's totally genuine um and maybe it doesn't really matter either way because the result is the same. Um, but they, they do seem to do these sort of like almost like ritualistic somebody's head's got to go up on the chopping block because it's tis the season, you know, and we have to send that message to the people that they better stay in line. And um, yeah, whether he's just sort of like the the sacrifice of the day or whether you know i i don't know i'm just maybe too conspiratorial at this point go ahead edward oh i um andy i appreciate you brilliantly just separating the two without denying people's voice of survival of what they've been through and uh and at the same time still skeptical over the the establishment and the the mainstream uh giants uh, the news giants uh 
And I, I, I thought about what you said, and, and I was thinking, yeah, you know what? What Me Too did highlight was people's stories and people's voice, and and uh, and I don't want to dismiss that. I want people to continue to speak their truth, their what has happened to them. Uh, yeah, there there are people who came forward. Who lots of people shared, especially on Twitter. People shared on social media. People. I remember even friends here during that time shared uh, online their stories, long paragraphs and then essays, and people were sharing during that time. And there, w- there's something to be said about that time, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I, I even, I now deleted it, but um, or did I delete it? I'm not sure on Facebook. I even uh, at one point, um, I don't remember if it was during that time, but. Someone who had, uh, someone who had like predatory behavior towards me, um, another but uh, person older than me, um, uh, had come out of prison recently, and I had posted a a post about all my feelings about it, you know, and uh, and so I, I, uh, I, I'm. What I'm, I, I just want to say is like I, I think those are the stories that are of value, right? The ones that people shared. Uh, and there are three things for me. There's there's that part. Then there is the piece that you're speaking about, which is what we've discussed on what's left, and we've discussed this on the Ukrainian episode. We've discussed this in the nine eleven episode we've discussed this in other episodes where there is a lot of propaganda and there's a lot of agendas and people have specific ways of twisting and turning things in order to 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 weaponize right like they this isn't a key thing this is a weaponization of sexual assault and harassment it's like this is something that people will do to to benefit them i don't like if this isn't like i said from the beginning like why has the bbc or why has the guardian or why have i forget the magazine's name listed him as an important figure how how are these organ these groups of prestige and mainstream news sources uh excuse behavior that has long been seen in public and in videos and it's everywhere it's not like you know, he's seen in one video, one viral video that has surfaced where he's just, he, the presenter, uh, he, he holds her tightly and then kisses her in the mouth without asking, you know. Right, we were, yeah, thank you. Well, it's been really a wonderful experience. See you later, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> Russell, how can I do your bra just like this? Liz, <laughs> I love you. And I don't know how that presenter felt about it. There's another one where he jokes around and says, like, how... Uh, that, he was I mean, friends with Jimmy Savile, too, which some of that footage is pretty gross to listen to. Right. Or, you know, the way that he flirts with people. I remember one of them, long before this whole uh, thing has been released, I remember one that was made me uncomfortable was... Uh, when he was in the news and invited, I forget with uh, what what are those that couple called uh, the Republican and Democrat Repu- like with a very 
stealth like blonde hair. I forget her name. But Mika and Mika and Matt, I forget. Joe, yeah, that one. There you go. I don't know how I know that, but they're <laughs> <laughs> out of the recesses of my brain. <laughs> yeah, that one. He looks at her and uh and uh and she's clearly uncomfortable. She's clearly uncomfortable. I'll 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 include the clip just so that people can be careful because that's a low cut set. dress. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm only wow. flesh and blood. I've got instincts. Oh, okay. So, what do you think that gesture means? The way you're touching that bowl. What does that indicate? <laughs> what is that? What's the subtext of that? I think we gotta go to break. You need to lose that ring, Mika, because it don't mean nothing to you. And so, I'm just wondering, like, you've, if this is an issue for these news organizations, why didn't they? Why didn't they do something, say something, you know, you know, he was, he was like voted shagger of the year by, you know, right. like, the CBC. Oh like just like this oh. whole Austin powers, real person. Like, <laughs> you know, I remember even feeling uncomfortable with that film when I watched it for the first time, I was an adolescent and I went over someone's house and I thought that's, that's okay. That that's all right to do. Like, what? that's, all, that's not, you know, it's, very uh liked about that kind of behavior i'm not sure i'll never like i never liked it but uh anyhow so this what you're speaking to andy uh, and separating those stories uh, yeah that is it's a very good way of d dividing those things that people have um are using things to to try to control and i see that i see that clearly Here's the other part where I I wanted to bring the third point. Um I don't know. I don't I there's a dark side, I believe, to the whole Me Too movement. And there's a dark side to to this. I, I, I believe that the public space or I'm not sure, I'm still grappling with this, but I remember growing up with uncles and all of them in heterosexual relationships. And I remember one particular, well, it happened twice with two uncles with separate women. One of them yelled at my mother and my mother, like my uncle was inside the house and my mother closed the, the gate and she was yelling through the gate. And I, I was a child and uh, I was in the living room. And my mother was talking to her like, you know, go home, stop, stop fighting. They were having a conflict, but she really wanted to have this conflict with my uncle. And she said, you know, I'll just go to the police. I'll just go to the police and say he did this to me and did that to me. All kinds of physical allegations that she was planning to, um, con, con, what do you call it? Conjure or con, or con. Yeah. So. I never forget that. And then I was in middle school once and I remember I had a conflict with this girl named Emma. <laughs> and uh and she said to me once uh cuz I she uh we were playing some games some P it was during physical education and she said to me and she said to me give me that or whatever and I said well no, you, it's not your turn or whatever. And she's like, if you don't give it to me, I'll scream. And I said, I said, well, 
I mean, you can scream, but I didn't do anything to you. I was like, I'll just say you hit me. And I'll never forget that. Like, the, that, I just thought, but, but no one will believe you. Yes, they will. And I just thought, I was afraid at that moment, and I just gave the ball. I never forget that. I, 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 that stuck with me, how someone had that much confidence in themselves that they would just say an accusation this way to me. Uh, and there have there there have been other moments where I have been around. Like I don't I have other family members uh where men have been told, you know, you'll just never be believed. And that has also happened. And uh and we saw this as well played out again. So, like I followed Johnny Depp. I didn't even know who Brad Pitt was, and I thought Brad Pitt was Johnny Depp and the whole thing. I didn't follow every and no. I just <laughs> few years ago, learned who was uh, Kardashians and all this. But anyhow, uh, and, you know, he had a public trial and it was also discussed. I think that trial showed just how the messy relationships are. But he was, uh, uh, the word is acquitted, I think, right? Acquitted. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And so the dark side of these me too with Kevin Spacey and Johnny Depp and all these people, like is that there is a, there's a concern, I guess for me about how these things should be taken seriously and taken to not that I trust these systems, like we've already discussed. And, but if these, these things should be dealt with maybe in, in court or, or, or some other system, like I think that allegations have to be taken seriously, but so much of jumping onto believing doesn't give also the people the 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 right or the the benefit of the doubt to also you're innocent until proven guilty or or just okay let's hold off yes uh let's let's see what happens you know let's 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 have whether it be a this judicial system or another accountable accountability system that one creates within their society. If it's a community, whatever it is, like there's still things to be done in a system of your choosing or whatever. Like if we had a more idealistic system, like if we created our islands of judicial system, like there has to be through a system that we have to take this seriously and consider not just immediately go ahead and believe people just because they're saying that uh, something happened. Okay, well, let's take that seriously and do something about it to find out. So I think this that's the part I, I have. If you notice, I'm kind of uh, stumbling and uh, thre- uh, threading, threading is the word, threading around and just <laughs> nervous about speaking because I don't want people to think that I don't believe in victims and survivors. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to say something about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am just thinking, like, because I agree with you, Andy, that I don't trust the Sunday Times to tell a true story about anything ever. But I'm also thinking, like, okay, let's entertain the possibility that the allegations are true for a second. Like, if you're in that position, like, what do you do? Like, writing your Me Too story on on your Facebook profile is not going to do anything. And I do think, I mean, to me, yes, there's certainly like power in, you know, speaking truth, especially when, pardon me, um, especially when it's 
you know, something, something with this like gravity that is so hard to talk about at all, let alone publicly, you know, for a lot of survivors of rape and, and sexual assault. Um, I think now if I'm not mistaken, I haven't really been following like the play by play, but if I'm not mistaken, there's now there's some, a woman who's not one of the four has now actually gone to the police, I think in the UK and filed an actual police report. So I, I guess that's one form of like directly telling your story and, and bringing it to the courts. Um, but I do kind of wonder like, you know, if, if something like this really happened and you are thinking like, I want to hold this person accountable and I want to tell the world that he's a predator. I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, I don't, I wouldn't fault them for going to a media outlet. What do you guys think? I don't know. What would you do in that position? I look, I don't know what I would do in that position. I'm not in that position, but I want to use an analogy here that you may not agree with, but this is why I, this is why I don't think it's a me too thing. Um, Ukraine is being invaded by Russia. The Ukrainians are showing heroic willingness to die to defend their land against the Russians. Russia invaded Ukraine. So why, why am I against saying, or why, why don't I take the position of Ukrainian independence? Because they gave up their independence when they, when they essentially hooked themselves up to the United States as the the bat underwriter of this struggle because they're not independent any longer. It's not their story any longer. It's not the Ukrainian story. It's the United States story. Mm. And, and that's what I say about this moment is I don't know what happened, but, but these people gave up their story. Me, people like, as Eduardo said, that's not a small thing for people to come out and say, this happened to me. I'm still, I'm speaking it. Here's, here's me. They, I'm not blaming. I'm, I'm just saying this is what happened. They've now handed this story over to an institution of violence, an institution of rape, an institution of exploitation. That's what these institutions all preserve and are trying to promote. The, and, and we, Eduardo, you talked last week about the judicial system. Just in the, It's not a judicial system. It's an attack system. It's, it's put to divide people against each other and allow the state to come in and decide for you. It's, it's another system of slavery. And so these institutions are in play. And when you hand over your story to them, it doesn't change those institutions. It doesn't change what's happening. So I'm not, it's not me. I'm not tripping about Sunday times. I'm just saying these are capitalist institutions that are utilizing information that workers, female workers went to and said, well, as far as I know, they went looking for the story and they found them. But this, but now it's not their story any longer. It's now the capitalist story. It's now the in the it's now the story for the mainstream media and whatever they have in mind here to pursue. And honestly, partly it's it is I do think it's about uh punishing a person who's who's you know popular and moving in a particular direction. But like I said, I think the biggest thing is get used to the idea that if we get wind of you doing something wrong, we're fucking taking your money away. Get used to that. 
because it can happen to anyone. It can happen to somebody small. It can happen to some big. It can happen to Canadian truckers. It can happen to a celebrity who has relative popularity. Quote, the big and small are all going to be leveled out with the idea that your money is not yours. It's ours. And we, and we will we'll be monitoring what you're doing and then telling you whether you got access to it after we check what you're doing and what your past is. That's what this is about. And these and the institutions that are doing that hate women. They hate men. <laughs> they hate workers. They hate life. So I'm sorry. These women handed their stories over to those that that institution. So I'm, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying I'm not going to be fooled into thinking that there's any justice to be found here. This is now going to be weaponized to hurt everyone who is on the bottom. That's how I look at this. Yeah, I mean, it, it already is. I would say being weaponized. I, I and, and and but I, hold on, and one and I don't and I don't believe that about the the the, the Me Too movement in its in its infancy. That, that it didn't look like that. It actually looked it it had that element of liberation of people speaking their own story, but now it's somewhere else, and so that's why I make that distinction. Yeah. Do you, Jess, do you want to say something? Oh, I mean, I, I, I agree with the overall point. I, I don't think it's fair to, I know you're not like blaming them, but I, I don't think it's fair to like compare individual. I mean, let's, let's assume for a second. Again, I don't, I don't know if the allegations are true. It may be a crock of bullshit altogether, but um, I don't think it's fair to compare like individual, you know, victims of rape to like national governments, <laughs> like the government of Ukraine. Um, but I, I, I'm I, saying I the, people, the people of Ukraine are being attacked. I, that's, it's not an allegation. It's actually true that they are being attacked by the Russian country, by the country of Russia. That's not an allegation. It's a physical fact. But the, I'm saying that what makes it no longer, it's not a, what makes it no longer liberation struggle, what makes it no longer something that's going to end in truth and justice is the fact that that entire project of, of that war for the, for the Ukrainian people has now been essentially handed over to the United States and they are proxies for them. And once you do that, and this is what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the, the truth of the allegation. I'm saying once you hand over your truth to an entity which has no interest in truth, then I'm sorry, you've, you've done something else. You've, you've now entered into a new thing. It's no longer yours. It's theirs. And it's their truth. The me in the me too part of this is Sunday Times. It's not these women. I mean, I don't, it's kind of besides the point, but I, I don't blame like the workers of Ukraine though for hooking up with the US. But but that's the reason, but Jessica, it's not a question of blame. It's just what makes it no longer a liberation struggle. Of course, I think it's, they, they could do that. But in reality, this case, the politicians sold them to that, but it doesn't matter. The, the fact is, is that the, and unless you think it's a liberation struggle, I don't think it is a liberation struggle. And the reason that is, is not because Russia didn't invade Ukraine. It's because they, that they, have, they have essentially sold their project of independence over to another big power. And it's being utilized for that. So it's not a fight for independence. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to then be for you. That's why I don't have a Ukrainian flag in my window. I, otherwise, I would. I, if, if, the, if the Ukrainians were just fighting it on their own, I'd be putting up in my flag and saying, you know, like, Hey, they are, they have, they're doing it there. The the Taliban were fighting the United States here. Yes, but it's not that like the Palestine, like the Palestinians, yes, right? Yeah. So it may, I mean, and 
And unfortunately, even the Palestinian struggle has tried to, at times, at times, gone that way and tried to find a, a major power benefactor. And when you do that, that's, I, that's not a moral judgment. It's political. It's to say you're, it's not an independent struggle anymore. There's, there's no truth in it any longer. And so now it's something else. It's now, now it's just a big power fight. And I don't take sides on big power fights. And so in this case, this is, I, the, the, I believe these women handed their stories over. If they, if they wanted them to be treated with, with any sort of meaning, any, anything meaningful that was going to be meaningful for them, that's gone now to me. This is now the Sunday Times and the mainstream media is now going to use it for whatever it, it sees it needs to use. And if any of those women pull back from it, We'll see what happens then to them. But uh, it's, again, I'm not blaming. I'm just saying it's not their story any longer. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? I mean, just to be clear, because you, you mentioned what I, I, talk, I said. So I, I what I, to, to, if these women were to believe in this judicial system and they, they think that this is, some people don't actually believe in an idealistic, different kind, alternative accountability system, Andy. And if the people believe that's the system, they, if that's what they believe, they should go through that system. I don't, as I've already criticized the judicial system. So just to be clear, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying that they should go there. I'm saying, you know, the accountability system that we haven't created because, you know, we don't have an alternative one. Or there are, there's some like restorative justice uh, sort of process that people could do. Uh, that I have seen some results and uh, yeah, I do like, uh, but uh, that's just what I meant. Like the the people who would take this uh, or, or act up upon this would wouldn't. Yeah, I agree with you. Not go through this institution and would take an alternative and uh, uh, accountability system, such the way that uh, Sasha Perigo did. She she told her story on her own platform. We did it with John Jacobo. And she refused, declined to work with law enforcement because she has her deep distrust of police. And she didn't take her story to any news. She simply posted it on the platform that she has, which is her Twitter. And uh, and she posted it. And she just, the, the only thing she wanted to do was bring attention to it in the community of the Mission District and say, hey, you know, all the community members need to talk to him and say, hey, the, you know, I've experienced this and people need to, she gave notice. But she was attacked, of course, by everybody. Anyhow, uh, maybe if she had gone to some institution like the, the Sunday Times or something, would she have been seen differently? I don't know. To this day, she's still demonized uh, because they're like, "Wait, you didn't want to go to the you didn't want to go to law enforcement, but you also didn't go to a newspaper. You did it on your own. You just told your story and you said your intention. Your intention was simply to have a restorative uh, process happen." And for people to let him know that his behavior is not okay in the community and other women have experiences. She's the only one who came forward. But uh, so I'm thinking about what she did. And it wasn't just like, I'm just telling my story. It was, I have an intention here. I don't want to work with law enforcement. I want people in the community because it's a small community in the mission to tell him to stop. That he's put on notice and people are aware. And I'm letting other women know if he flirts with you, be careful. Uh, that's what her intention was. She clearly stated it in that long essay that she did on Twitter. Uh, and she has since been attacked numerous times. And I've been in the Mission District uh, and I work there. And I have 
encountered so many people who just hate her. And I'm just still awed by by it because she never she never wanted to work with law enforcement. Anyhow, so back to this. So so if that's in this case, that's the the system she believes, like this this restorative process system and community tribe tribal, because this is sort of like a mission tribe uh, system where people are put on notice, maybe that's what they should have done instead of having gone to this institution, these four women, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh I get what you're saying. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying what they should have done. I'm just saying now that it's been done, this is the. This is what. This I is what the case is. I guess yeah. this is what we're left with. Um. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say next. <laughs> I think we're more in agreement than maybe what's coming across because I think we all agree that it's being weaponized that. The media, politicians, elites, the ruling class, like all of them will will weaponize a story about sexual assault or anything else if and when it is convenient for them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's already happening with this example. Like it's not even a matter of like they will. they it already <laughs> is. Um, but I do I do I don't want to like undercut the the question of like I, I think it's a impossible position to be in for let's just take it out of the context of Russell Brand since we don't know what happened but for people who you know I'm 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 really tired of seeing men be falsely accused and I'm really really tired of hearing women both in my like actual life and in you know the internet larger space like you know, be raped or assaulted and then feel like there's there's no way to have accountability or even to share their story without like the brunt of the repercussions falling upon them. Like there's not really a good option. Like coming back again to like a rape culture, like the, the media is not a good option. The courts are not a good option. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's so just a lot of my, I guess it's just like frustration of like, I, I am just sick of hearing these same stories like again and again. Um, I don't know how you fix that. <laughs> like, how do you, I mean, it's, how do you take down patriarchy? How do you take down the media infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. And do you, do you want to go ahead. I do think, that all these things pose that question. Like even like you said, Eduardo, yesterday, last week's episode where a, a very, a, a small trial that will never be in the history books that you have gone through, like the criminal justice system that you went through reveals that none of this can be done with the current system. Nothing that is going to feel satisfying can be done with the current system because it's not, it is designed to, it is not. It is designed to not produce that outcome. To produce an outcome of inequality, of unfairness, of alienation. So, we are all stuck with a, sit a situation where we—it's revolution or nothing. Mm. And what that looks like. I mean, that's that's the question, or how we even. What's it looks like? How do we get there? That's that's what these things show to me. Is that 
there's no there's no answer to be found within the system. Yeah. Um. Uh, can I just <laughs> say something that uh, does an update because we've done this episode on John Jacobo. He's just recently uh, gone back as to his positions that he used to have, um, that he was uh, taken down from since that allegation now this year. Just giving it up there, just realize that he resumes climbing. People forget. I mean, people forget so fast when it's convenient to forget. I mean, I remember even reading about like the whole MLK. Um, like he didn't, he wasn't accused of rape, I don't think, but um, that he witnessed a rape, you know, in, mm. the, in the FBI surveillance memos and whatnot. I can't remember when it was that that came out, it was ages ago but I remember it being all over the news for like a second. Um, I think he was in the room when a rape was happening and like laughed and kind of encouraged the rapist um, verbally. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a really complicated issue. I think it's different when the person's dead versus alive, but. And, and I guess I don't want to lose sight of the fact that I still think that what's really going on here is conditioning us, preparing us to ask the question, well, when is it right to, for somebody's uh, income to be cut, cut because of something they've, you know, misbehavior, something they've done, something that I don't think, I think is, a, I don't agree with. And when is it right for a company to do that? When is it right for a government to do that? And I feel like the answer, I feel like once we get into that place, I think the answer has to be never. I don't trust a corporation to do this. I don't trust the government to do it. I'm not going to allow them to do it under any circumstances. I'm not going to support them in doing it under any circumstances. That's the answer because all of this is going to be turned against us. Mm. As we conclude, there is, uh, there is as, as we're discussing and I'm reflecting, uh, there is a sort of a fear sometimes I feel from just how not I, I just just what what's emerging for me is how you one could be uh torn apart in the public sphere because you have uh something that's scary you're a voice of that's not that's not the mainstream you know uh, but but it, you know it, it, I mean, it is something you have to like worry about legitimately. Andy too, like one of your one of your female students could easily right near you with a fake charge. Or what if you know? I was thinking what like the things that we have said are taken out of context, even on what's left. These things are 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 um, can be used. Like we're a small channel and podcasts, but. You know, if something became viral, let's we've just had a few episodes where like, bam, 4,000 views, bam, 11,000 views. Well, we might just hit one day, one episode where it might just be really, really, really catching the mark or something. Not like we want to, not th that's because we do it, but unintentionally. And suddenly people dig into our past and our lives because we we're kind of public people now at this point, you know, Internet people, you know, who have a weekly show. And say things that are controversial, say things that are not mainstream. And 
I can see Jess being torn apart over things that she said. I can see Andy being torn apart over things you have said. I can see myself being torn apart because of my positions and people taking bit pieces and clips and, uh, and no one's going to protect us. You know, they're going to be demonetized, deplatformed. And, and, you know, my dream of publishing is going to be torn apart. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I just think about that in this conversation and I hate bringing it up in this light because it's not like I want to associate myself thinking that Russell Brand is this like person that I want to defend. I, I, I don't know. This has, this has to be something with where the victims want to go with this and they have to decide where that, that goes this, but they've decided to choose this, this route with institution and we're criticizing those institutions and why they've even chosen to go through those institutions. That's my, that's what I'm concluding with as we're wrapping up here. Yeah. Russell Brand sucks, but that's like totally besides the point. Is kind of Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you want to say something, Andy? I don't know if I, I don't know Russell Brand. I mean, I know that he had a, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know if I would so readily go, oh, Russell Brand sucks. Um, I mean, he, he is a celebrity and, he has, uh, I just don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I do watch his show. I do. I have seen his views evolve. It has seemingly, um, given more people, uh, confidence to say certain things, but you know, he, he wouldn't, he def definitely thinks like germ theory, right. You know? Um, so it's not like, he's not like he's gone all the way over to someplace, but, <laughs> um, oh boy <laughs> you know so the barometer <laughs> right well what, but i'm just saying like he, yeah. he he checks himself but i can see that so of of the of the personalities that are out there um you know i've watched the jimmy Dore show which i think i don't really see a, a big difference between jimmy Dore and russell brand except that russell brand has, has been at a bigger higher level of celebrity I don't think it's stratos stratospheric in the way that we were talking about. Who was it? Brad Pitt and um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Depp you know, um, yeah. but all those characters are just. I don't. I don't even know what to make of that. I, I would just say that. For me, I don't. I, I'm not going to say. Oh, I think Russell Brand sucks. I I think Russell Brand seems like a person who's trying to like make a way, but he's you know he, he's big, way bigger than just regular folk. So I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think it's about Russell Brand to me. It's about these institutions and how they're, how they turn their wheels to um, amplify certain voices and then to crush people when they need to. And I think that's, that's the thing I'm concerned about. And I'm concerned about, you know, this trial by Silicon Valley, because that's what this is. This is a, a trial by them, you know, and the what you mentioned at the beginning of this, I don't think we got it on the recording, Jess, of the parliament trying to get Rumble. What did you say? Yeah, I just saw that today. I, I haven't I haven't dug into it um, too deeply, but I, I just know that they sent like a letter. I think I screenshotted it. I don't know if 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 we're wrapping up, if it's even worth bringing up, but. Uh... Well, that the fact that they asked Rumble to deplatform yeah, the the wording actually was really interesting, though. So, 
Yeah, it's it's from yeah UK Parliament, the Culture, Media, and Sport Committee, whatever the fuck that is. Um, so they, I think they sent one to TikTok and they sent one to Rumble. Um, and this is the TikTok one. Uh, I am writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context as a user of TikTok with more than 2.2 million followers on the platform. Um, Culture, media, and sports is raising questions about the broadcasters. Uh, blah 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 blah. I'm going to skip ahead. Um, and they say, you know, uh, they mention the Sunday Times and Channel Four dispatches. While we recognize that TikTok is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand and his content may be within the community guidelines set out by the platform, we are concerned that he may be able to profit from his, from his content on the platform. We would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his TikTok posts. It's just it's like the most insane, like... Yeah, we are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content. Yeah, it's pretty clear. There's a government that I think I think Rumble already shut him shut them down, which is like, no, fuck off. Hmm. But well, I'm, way, that... I don't know. Rumble's like, isn't it kind of a co-opted? I don't know. It's Bitcoin, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, interesting. Okay. That's probably the only. That's the part, you know. But I would, I would prefer that institutions would say no i'm not cutting people off then that they'd not yeah oh for sure for sure yeah. <sighs> well just but just because they demonetize a channel whether it's youtube or tiktok it doesn't mean that that platform can't still run ads and make money off of it yeah yeah so kind of yeah yep all right well but let's <laughs> conclude and uh We'll see what folks have to say in the comment section. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to need Jessica. I, this title of this one, I'm not really sure. Yeah, we're all over the place. We're all over the place. So, <laughs> all right, here we go. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, What's Left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenge in the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at What's Left Podcast.com. You can find past episodes to this podcast to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify. No? Which one was it? Not uh, Stitch, Stitcher is no longer. Stitcher. Okay, good. I took that one. Okay. On a Spotify, iTunes podcast, Google Play, uh, BitChute, obviously YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. Uh, you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes wherever you found this episode. Um, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us to our blog. And uh, remember, folks, we'll have an episode next week with Anna Likas Miller, uh, author and uh, journalist of Love Across Borders. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll have an interview uh, to discuss more on border issues. I'm Eduardo Arca with co host Jessica and Danny Lipson. Thank you all very much. Our social media handles as at Don Eduardo, at Don Eduardo Arca on Instagram and just Twitter handle as at jhomie89. Thank you for listening. Ciao, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Peace. All right. <laughs>